0: It's a low bar, I know. <laughs> it's always a good thing when you have a couple of talks at a conference and you get up to speak for the second one that to find that people are still here. <laughs> so, let's give this time to God. Father, we commit this time to you, and I ask you to bless and, and uh, direct our thoughts as we work through this material. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So my topic this morning is bad words, mockery, and sarcasm. And I'm going to begin with satire and then move into the related uh, issue of uh, scare quote, bad words. So with regard to our broader ministry, one of the things that we are asked most frequently concerns the propriety of satire. How is satire consistent with the biblical requirement to consider others better than yourselves, to bear one another's burdens, to love one another, and so on. The answer to these questions is found in the same place where we seek to find answers for all of our questions, which would be the Word of God. In Galatians 5, it says this. This is um, verses 12 through 15. Galatians 5, 12 through 15. I would that they were even cut off, which trouble you. For, brethren, ye have been called into liberty. Not only, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. Now the Bible contains many passages which mock Sin and folly. There are many passages that mock sin and folly, and it does so without any sense of unease.
1: That was Pastor Doug Wilson at our most recent Fight Laugh Feast conference on his talk, Rated R Combat. You guys know where you can find this talk, right? That's right, in our club portal. Our backstage content is for our Fight Laugh Feast club members, so head on over to FightLaughFeast.com. Again, that's FightLaughFeast.com, and your support means a lot to us. Let's start things off with a bang. Literally, US military operation kills senior ISIS leader in Somalia. A US military operation killed a senior ISIS leader and 10 members of the terror group in northern Somalia on Wednesday, this according to two senior Biden administration officials, which they said on Thursday, from a mountainous cave complex in northern Somalia, Bilal al-Sudani is assessed to have supported ISIS expansion and activities across Africa and beyond the continent, the first senior administration official said. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin confirmed that al-Sudani had been killed in a statement later on Thursday. On January 25th, on orders from the president, the U.S. military conducted an assault operation in northern Somalia that resulted in the death of a number of ISIS members, including Bilal al-Sudani, a ISIS leader, and Somali. Yeah. Like a key facilitator for ISIS's global network. All Sudani was responsible for fostering and growing presence of ISIS in Africa and for funding the group's operation worldwide, including in Afghanistan, Austin said. No civilians were harmed as a result of this operation. We are grateful to our extraordinary service members as well as our intelligence community and other interagency partners for their support of this successful counterterrorism operation, Austin added. U.S. forces, according to the official, were prepared. Prepared to capture al-Sudani, but the hostile force's response ultimately resulted in his death. No U.S. troops or civilians were killed, although one service member was injured during the operation after being bitten by an American military dog. The second official said that the U.S. notified two counterterrorism partners, including the Somali government. It's unusual for the U.S. to carry out an operation against ISIS in Somalia, where military operations have typically focused on al Shayab fighters, the dominant terror group in Somalia. The strike comes after U.S. forces killed two top ISIS leaders in an airstrike in Syria near the end of last year. The operation represents the continuation of the Biden administration's strategy to counter terrorist threats through over-the-horizon operations like this, a shift in strategy the president made clear following the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Al-Sudani was sanctioned by the U.S. Treasury in 2012 for helping foreign fighters travel to an al-Shayab al-Shabaab training camp, there we go, and facilitating financing, according to the first official. The operation, according to the first official, is expected to provide valuable information for the U.S. intelligence community, although they declined to go into specifics. The operation was announced by U.S. Africa Command, or AFRICOM, on Thursday, which said that U.S. military conducted a successful counterterrorism operation in Somalia and that no civilians were injured or killed. The second senior administration official said on Thursday that the senior members of President Joe Biden's national security team were first briefed on the intelligence that led to this operation a number of months ago. Biden authorized the operation earlier this week. The first official declined to provide details on the service members who were involved in the operation but emphasized their exceptional preparation for the mission. Moving on, Biden official who pushed to ban gas stoves calls anger over it misdirected. U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commissioner Richard Trumpka Jr., not Trump, Trumpka, pushed back against the firestorm his comments about banning gas stoves created, calling the anger misdirected. Quote, when you learn upsetting new information about something you've been around for a long time, maybe your whole life, you can never predict people's reactions, he said. And there is going to be justifiable anger and sometimes it's misdirected, he told the Washington Post. Trumpka was appointed by President Biden in 2021 as the son of labor union leader Richard Trumpka, the longtime president of AFL-CIO. The Biden official admitted to the paper that his work and experience as a father made him paranoid about everyday hazards. Quote, it's very easy to see how everyday things can be hazardous, Trumka said to the outlet, adding later, I'm much more paranoid than the average person. But the Biden official hoped the national debate over gas stoves caused more people to be aware of how their indoor appliances could be causing health risks due to pollution. The Post noted that the Consumer Product Safety Commission is in the very early stages of determining regulations on new gas stoves after years of research has found they emit nitrogen dioxide. But when asked to buy the Fox News Digital, the government agency could not provide any specific studies that backed up these claims to justify a ban on these products. Bans against stoves have started at the local and state level. New York Governor Kathy Hochul proposed abolishing the sale of gas-powered appliances and banning their installation in new buildings by 2025. Democrats and far-left environmental groups are pushing to regulate several other household appliances from water heaters to furnaces to washing machines to microwaves and showerheads in their quest to get americans away from fossil fuels quote we're actually going to do 100 rules this year alone on appliances former top white house climate advisor gina mccarthy said during a speech last may We are developing partnerships on how we can work together for new building standards. But when news broke earlier this month that the Biden administration was considering a ban on gas stoves, it created backlash from the public, restaurant owners and Republicans who slammed the move as an example of government overreach. From the White House to Arizona, Katie Hobbs to bus illegal immigrants out of Arizona won't say where they're going. Democratic Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs is continuing her Republican predecessor Doug Ducey's program to bus illegal migrants out of the state, but in a way that she says will be more efficient and humane. Hobbs told the Arizona Republic on Tuesday that her administration would focus on ensuring that the program and associated costs were efficient and humane. Ducey began busing illegal immigrants out of the state in May, and Hobbs, has expanded the program to include an option of chartered air travel, according to an updated contract signed on January 14th. Over 3,000 people were bused from the Yuma area to Washington D.C. during Ducey's time in office, costing the state over seven million dollars last year. Republican lawmakers had. Ear- Earmarked fifteen million dollars for the program. Earlier this week, the Yuma of Yuma official warned that the city is on the brink of a collapse due to being overwhelmed by illegal migrants, thanks to the Biden administration's failed immigration policies. The border has seen a historic crisis under President Joe Biden's presidency. Illegal border crossings in December reached their highest level of the Biden administration, topping two hundred fifty thousand in the final month of twenty twenty two, continuing the pattern of breaking records every month. Hobbs told reporters last week regarding the busing, "We." need to look at the practice and make sure it's effective. It's something that supports local communities. If we're spending the money to bus people, why not just give them their final destination? End quote. Hobbs told the Arizona Republic her actions would be different than the methods of Republican Governors Greg Abbott of Texas and Ron DeSantis of Florida, who have both transported migrants to Democratic-run cities to showcase the failure of Biden's supporter policies. An updated contract removed the requirement that buses with illegal immigrants must be sent to Washington, D.C. Last year, Washington, D.C.'s Democratic Mayor Muriel Bowser declared a public emergency related to the migrants being bussed in the U.S. Capitol. Democratic New York Mayor Eric Adams declared that there is no more room for illegal immigrants in the city despite the city's status as a sanctuary city for migrants and called on the federal government to solve the crisis. Hobbs added, quote, we're interested in focusing on the humanitarian aspects of this and just putting people on a bus is a political stunt and sending them to Martha's Vineyard or wherever they went is not providing any help or a solution to the actual issue, end quote. Let's move on to CNN. CNN's primetime viewership plummets to just 440,000 as Don Lemon hits record low. And no, it wasn't a slow week. Between the classified document scandal, Ukraine, and the roll over the House committee seats, CNN has had plenty to report on, or should we say, spin. Meanwhile, Fox News ranked in an average of 1.996 million primetime viewers during that week, five times more than CNN. MSNBC fared far better than CNN, attracting nearly a million with 943,000 average primetime viewers. CNN barely cracked 400,000 with just 417,000 in total daily viewers. Fox News more than tripled that with one38 million. MSNBC did better, but still only averaged 629,000 viewers throughout the day. In the 25 to 54 age demographic that sets advertiser rates, Fox News averaged 256,000 demo viewers. MSNBC averaged just 91,000 and CNN CNN did just 93,000. Fox News averaged 176,000, that is, demo viewers throughout the day and came in a distant second with eighty and MSNBC came in last with 69,000. For cable news, which sets a baseline for success for 100,000 demo viewers, CNN and MSNBC are failing miserably. In all of cable, Fox News came in second behind ESPN, a total primetime viewers, MSNBC third, and CNN 18th. Newly listed Chris Licht is supposed to turn CNN back into a network viewers wanted to watch. But it doesn't look like it's working. In other words, CNN sucks. Previously reported, Lemon was demoted from his primetime show to save CNN's failed morning show with Lemon on board. New Day became CNN this morning, and that became a catastrophe that averaged only 331,000 viewers. During that time, Fox News attracted 1.3 million and 180,000 demo viewers. Don Lemon sunk to only 65,000 demo viewers. CNN has been a national joke for quite a while, but now it's official. Moving on, Biden makes first move toward a radical national rent control law. Responding to a letter sent earlier this month by congressional radicals like Senator Elizabeth Warren and Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez urging the president to take executive action to prevent evictions and lower rent prices. Joe Biden has initiated a series of actions that will eventually lead to a national rent control law. Since the beginning of the republic, laws governing rent and leases have been local matters. If If a landlord is cheating renters, local and state governments have the authority and the tools to punish the landlord. And being much closer to the problems of renters and landlords than anyone in Washington, local and state governments have a much better handle on the local renting housing situ- situation. But now the federal government doesn't believe that landlords should be compensated for owning rental property. They're gouging renters. This is after more than two years of preventing landlords from evicting renters for non-payment of rent and in a period of rapid Rapidly rising inflation, landlords are being accused of profiteering at the expense of renters. It's a ridiculous change given that 98% of all rental property owners, or 80% of all rental properties, are owned by small business entrepreneurs who own five units or fewer, according to a study in BusinessWire. These rules and any legislation supported by AOC would destroy the rental housing market and make it much harder to find affordable housing. What small business owner wants to be beholden to Washington for their business rental housing will disappear perhaps the intended purpose of the new rules the narrative of corporate greed being responsible for rent increases is a far easier sell than small businesses struggling to keep their properties during an inflammatory economy that warren aoc and biden are mostly responsible for and finally it's time for my favorite topic sports Aaron Rodgers blasts woke culture and torches sports media for being sponsored by Pfizer. Rodgers' comments on woke culture came after he was questioned about a number of sports media outlets, claiming he'll be traded in the offseason, that he is only playing, playing in the NFL to just win another MVP. And warning, there could be some language in this.
2: Pretty much everybody in sports media has you being traded this upcoming year. So they're just assuming that you're going to want to come back and play football now a lot of our conversation last week was thrown away strictly nobody listened to it they did hear the clip though where you said you still think you could play at an mvp level when i asked you physically do you think you could still play and that came shortly after you said if you're not playing to win it all why are you playing at all uh so have you already come to the decision that you're playing football again next year? Is that already something that's taken place? Because the decision has been made that you're getting traded by sports media as of this morning, and I feel like there's another decision that has to be made before any of that can take place. Where are you in that stance, and are you in the middle of that process still? Usually you would think they would wait until maybe the off week between the championship weeks and the zero bowl to drum up some, some storylines, because there is you know, two great games this Sunday, and Obviously, four really deserving teams to be playing. Um, I have, you know, some people that love to track that stuff, so I've been made aware of it. Go ahead. You, you just pointed at AJ. No, he's got the next question. Yeah, he got, yeah, uh, yeah, got the next. Yeah, he's got the next question. I'll finish this. Yeah, but listen, listen. Uh, there's heroes and villains in in sports and entertainment, and I think because of my stance on COVID, uh, and maybe some other things i've been cast as the villain especially the last few years and so that is the way that uh, you know a lot of things i said are often interpreted i'm not upset about that i don't feel like a victim in any way i don't have that mentality that's fine i actually embraced that role a little bit if that's how you want to cast me but um i did see there were some comments that you know i'm only playing for mvps and yes. stuff like that didn't maybe quite see the entire clip of some of the stuff that i said I don't care about that stuff. It doesn't offend me. I mean, this culture, this woke culture wants to be offended by everything. You just go online and find something you don't agree with. I'm offended. How could you possibly say that? I don't really care. I don't care who it's coming from or who said it. They're entitled to their opinion. It might not be right. And every now and then you got to get on here and, and say, hey, you know, you just found some bullshit, like that's just not true. Like, let's just tone it back a little bit. And you might need to do that. Most of the time, you just kind of gloss over it. Who cares? doesn't really matter. Because it honestly doesn't matter. It doesn't affect my day-to-day. It doesn't interrupt my whale-watching time. It doesn't interrupt me at all during the day. I don't I don't think, you know, agonize about like, oh, you know, oh, Gronk said, you know, I shouldn't be worrying about MVPs. I'm like, I know Gronk. I love Gronk. He's awesome. He's, he's fun energy to be around. Like, but what do they do? You know, if you take a, if you take the right the right soundbite from the right thing, you know, and it's a, and it's a station that may or may not have in the past been brought to you by Pfizer. Then they got to make sure that their villain, oh. you know, gets cast in the correct light. Uh, and whether or not they're you know sponsored by Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, whatever it might be, what? when you go up against some of those powers that be, you put yourself in the in the crosshairs. You know they're going to paint you in a certain way, and that's what the media did to me a couple of years ago. That's fine. That's their prerogative. That's what they wanted to do. But I think I responded, uh, you know, pretty good in those in those times. And. uh I'm glad I went through that and
1: anything that comes after that. That's gonna do it for this Cross Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership or a magazine subscription, head on over to FightLaughfeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about our conferences, or if you want to ask about corporate partnership with Cross Politic, email me at Garrison at FightLaughfeast.com. For Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless.